0: Today we continue our sermon series, guess what, entitled Overflowing Hope. And this sermon is the kickoff to not only this sermon series, our anniversary year, but also our capital campaign under that same title. And we're going to turn to a very familiar story that we really don't need to read. We've heard this story from the time we were little kiddos. It's the story about Zacchaeus. It comes from Luke's Gospel, the 19th chapter, beginning with the first verse. So if you want to turn there, we're going to read it in just a minute. You know, it was said in the early days, when Tom Shipp would preach on this, he would often say that we want to be a church up a tree and out on a limb. And this church has continued that legacy through the years. Don continued that legacy, Bill continued that legacy, and you have continued that legacy today. You know, our very first vision statement—I call a legacy statement—was made in 1946, the day that the Wallace Chapel was dedicated. Let us make this church an institution that stands, as we say, foursquare for what is right, what is just, what is fair, what is of good report—an institution in which there are no shams, no make-believes, no halfway measures. Where thoroughness and straightforwardness are taught and practiced. May those within lover's lane have a high integrity. Be faithful to ideals. Dependable. True friends of others. And loyal to Jesus. May I have an amen? Amen. Amen. Now, Zacchaeus, this wee little man as we used to sing about, was a wee little man in stature, but this was a man who was a tax collector. He was a man of the Jewish faith, but his faith had gone somewhere else because his faith was a sham. It was make-believe. It was halfway measures. And we're going to read his story from the 19th chapter of Luke's Gospel. Stand with me as you are able as we read God's Word. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it, and a man was there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector and was rich, He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short of stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see Jesus because he was going to pass his way. And then Jesus came to the place and he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for I must stay at your house today. So Zacchaeus hurried down and was happy to welcome Jesus. And all who saw it began to grumble and said, He is gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half my possessions, Lord, I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much And then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Zacchaeus was up a tree all right. He was a tax collector. Therefore, he was considered to be a traitor because, on behalf of the Roman government, he would get taxes and even more so from his own people. So, he was a sinner for sure. His moral life was the pits, he had broken every commandment. He had no friends. In fact, he had lots of enemies. He was spiritually empty and he was up that tree that day in large part for safety's sake because down on the level he would get elbows and pushes and shoves because everyone hated Zacchaeus. But he knew he needed forgiveness. He didn't want to continue the way that he was living. He wanted to see Jesus. And that's why he was up the tree. He was a lost Man. Zacchaeus was truly lost and he was out on that limb. He was out on a limb which meant that he was taking a risk. He could have stayed in his house, but he was taking a risk. He wanted to see Jesus. I believe that Zacchaeus had reached that point in his life that he knew he needed to see Jesus because he needed to change. He not only needed to see Jesus, but he needed to see the world in a different way than he was seeing it. He was up a tree and out on a limb. You know, I believe that that up a tree out on a limb fits lover's lane too, for we are all sinners saved by grace. And yet we as a church have a history of being up a tree and out on a limb. So that we could best see Jesus. From nearly the beginning of our church. Lovers Lane had to make a decision. Not to be like all other churches. But to be who God had called us to be. And the young 26 year old pastor. Who was named to be the pastor here. He had a passion for alcoholics when he came here. And so when he came. Those alcoholics that he befriended followed him. And the first squabble Lover's Lane had, the first members that walked out the door of Lover's Lane, walked out the door because they didn't want to be known as the first alcoholic church of Dallas. And Tom said, these people need us. And if we're not here for people who need us, then why are we here? The church made a decision that day. To be like no other church, churches that only saw alcoholics as as sinners and people who needed to clean up their act before they came to church and were with other nice people. Lover's Lane knew better. And out on the limb we went as a church. Today we're still out on the limb. We have a 12-step ministry ministry. That's the largest classical recovery ministry of its kind in the world. And all sorts of people with all sorts of addictions come to that space. The 12-step ministry was born out of this passion to be a people who dealt with people with addictions in recovery. And the 12-step ministry was born when Don Benton was the pastor. And Don Benton and members of this church saw fit to get out on a limb and buy the property across the street that became the Center for Spiritual Development. And the Center for Spiritual Development today, Mike could tell us, Andrea could tell us, there are 950 people a week dealing with addictions here at this place. They go through the doors of that old house that has served its time. They go through those doors and they can say without question. I'm Dan and I'm an alcoholic and this church, this 12 step ministry, this space saved my life. And Don, the new CSD, we want to name after you. I know you didn't know that. They didn't know it either. The Board of Trustees knows it. The 12 step board knows it. And we want to honor you and your vision that has become a wonderful vision. The new Center for Spiritual Development will see 1,500 people a week because we'll be able to accommodate them. That's what this capital campaign is about. That's what we are about. We are about celebrating ministry in a way that is unique to us. We don't have to look over our shoulders and try to be like any other church. God didn't call us to be anything but who we are. A radically generous and gracious, welcoming church. Welcoming all people. Amen? Lover's Lane went out on the limb in the 1960s when this church was torn apart with civil rights conflicts everywhere. Segregation was boss. And the church oddly found itself silent. But in 1961, an African American member named Bernice Jones walked the aisles of this church and joined this church and became a member. Of Lovers Lane United Methodist Church. It was said that 20 families left the church and dozens and dozens walked out the day that she walked down the aisles. But that very year, the church grew by more than 500 members. And today, I dare say, we are the most diverse United Methodist Church in our region, at least if not in all of United Methodism. This church went out on a limb when it moved from Lover's Lane to Northwest Highway so that we could reach more people for Christ. We wanted to look into the eyes of more people and see Jesus. And so we moved here, which was a a huge move. Some people were tied to the old property, to the old church. But we knew we needed to be in a more accessible place. In 1977, when the windows of this church uh, building, this room, the largest stained glass room in the United States, when it was coming out of the ground in a finance committee meeting, Tom Ship fell dead at the table. Some months later, this shocked church received its new pastor in Don Benton. And Don Benton not only healed the hurts in his ministry. But he also kept this building going and kept this campus going forward and pastored this church for the next 18 years. Don led this church into the risky business of climbing up a limb and saying, We need to be out there where the people are. We need to be every minis- member in ministry. And that was the theme every member in ministry. This was the church with the heart. And this was the time when Promise House and when Trinity River Mission and Family Place and other outreach ministries were born here at Lovers Lane. Lovers Lane saw Jesus in the face of Hispanic children, runaway youth, members in the hospital, a new budding church in Russia, a people in the greater Dallas area with needs that this church would address. And Lover's Lane went out on the limb during Bill Bryan's era. Bill opened our eyes to see social justice issues were the business of the church. He opened this church's eyes to see the LGBTQ community in ways that the church may not have quite been ready to see at the time. But the church has become a church that recognizes that we are loving all people, not select people. All people into relationship with Jesus Christ. We came to see Jesus in the eyes of members who were coming our way from all walks of life into this church community. Now I could go on in this Zacchaeus church talking about our up a tree and out on a limb experiences. But I'm going to call it quits right there. Did y'all know that the United Methodist Church had a general conference in St. Louis this past week? Have y'all heard about it? Did you get any news? Well, let me tell you something. It doesn't change one thing about what Lover's Lane is about. Not one thing. The church took a hard turn to the right. In a similar way the Southern Baptists did back in 2000. The Baptists split, as you recall, largely over literalist understandings of the Bible and fundamentalist theology regarding many issues. And they saw the purging of schools and other institutions. And we're not going to see that in the United Methodist Church. Who was right and who was wrong and all the purging that went on, that's not going to happen in the United Methodist Church. We are not fundamentalists. We are not biblical literalists. We have passed um, a measure that probably will not stand in the the judicial council, our supreme court. But I want to say we're going to talk about more of that tonight. So if you want to come tonight, Asbury Hall, 6 o'clock. I want to say this. I wish the entire United Methodist Church was streaming in this morning. I wish all and 700 thousand United Methodists across the world were streaming in this morning. I wish that they could see. The United Methodist Church, I wish they could see what happened on Thursday night when this church gathered in its diversity to pray and to cry with one another. To hear. Leah's song that she had written that we're going to hear tonight and to help us overflow hope into the lives of people who are hurt. I wish the United Methodist Church could be here on a Wednesday night and and could go with those who are going to the pallage unit to see the inmates there where we've been going for the last 20 years. I wish they could go with Reverend Goni who is beloved down there. Do you know what the pallage unit calls itself when those 200 Christians on Wednesday night gather for worship? They call themselves Lovers Lane East. (laughs) I wish the United Methodist Church could walk across the street any day of the week and hear people say, My name is Bill. And this group, this space, save my life. Help us overflow hope into the lives of others as we seek to build our recovery ministry. I wish the United Methodist Church could go to 723 Fort Worth Avenue and could see the young adults who are gathering there in this mission hub, ready to reach out to Trinity River Mission and to Wesley Rankin Center where we're already ministering but could reach out through worship and attract other young adults to come our way. I wish the United Methodist Church could see us in the garden baptizing babies and baptizing adults, baptizing deaf people and African people and straight people and gay people and offenders and addicts and all who gather and get into the same water and we don't change it out between groups. I wish we could see that as a church in this capital campaign when we reduce our debt we increase our ministry and outreach funding when we grow our endowment we we increase our ministry and outreach funding when we build 723 we reach out to more young people when we build the CSD we make ourselves available in a better way for more people who are coming here for recovery When we do all of the things that we have outlined in this capital campaign, we're going to be further up the tree and farther out on the limb than ever before. You know, when the Lord saw Zacchaeus out on a limb, he desperately wanted to see him face to face, eye to eye. So Jesus said to Zacchaeus, you hurry down, Zacchaeus. I'm going to stay at your house today. And when the Lord came into Zacchaeus' life in that moment, eye to eye, even before he entered the house, Zacchaeus was changed. And Zacchaeus said, "Lord, half of my, gift, uh, my, my, my goods I'm going to give to the poor, and if I've obtained wealth in any way that's illegal, I'm going to repay it for foe. His whole life was changed. His monetary possessions didn't hold him anymore. He was free. To be who God called him to be in outreach and ministry. Friends, Jesus has changed us in this house. Lovers Lane has made it undeniably his house in our outreach to all people. We have adopted that mission statement of loving all people into relationship with Jesus Christ. And Jesus wanted to see how seriously we were about all people that he would send us, right? Why were we in for a shock when all people started coming and we started loving together? Jesus wanted to see if we were serious about really reaching out to to, to people in this community and beyond with a message of overflowing hope. Jesus caused us to cast the net wide and to draw that net in with people who would bring their hurts, who would bring their hopes, who would bring their lives eye to eye with Jesus for the transformation of the world. Amen.